Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, senor. Dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound today, longest day of the year, first day of summer, one to the tutelage of our general manager, America's air travelers. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, and as the dispatch pointed out this morning, not only are you stuck in Dallas-Fort Worth for four days, but you've paid a premium price for those tickets. Right. Yeah, I just booked some flights yesterday, and I was like, ah, wait a second. Are we going to France first class or just flying to the Midwest in the middle of the week? You know, our coach with our knees up against our face. Oh, my God. And some seven-foot-tall, 600-pounder taking up two-thirds of our seat as our spine is bent into an unnatural angle that will probably affect us for life. (laughs) Ah, you hate to be affected for life. You know, our co-general manager could easily have been something I just, I didn't exactly just catch on to it, but it finally solidified in my murky, murky brain. The strategy of, de- of describing defense as offense. 
And it was in, I was reading this part of an Atlantic piece about how Gavin Newsom, the gumber of California, ought to be the brave new spokesman for the Democratic Party in America, which is just proof of how little East Coast journalists know about what's actually happening on the West Coast. But um, uh, they were citing Gavin's brave speeches about how Oh, crazy right-wingers are trying to take away people's voting rights. Because, of course, Republicans just don't want to blanket the country with, with mail-in ballots with no signatures or whatever. And they're refusing teachers the right to discuss American history because we are rebelling against the critical race theory stuff or calling Florida the don't-say-gay rule. Because we don't want our first grade teachers to have drag queen story hour. So it's just trying to hold back the onslaught of like sudden radical change is described as conservatives being on the offense. And so we have to come up with some sort of double reverse strategy for, I don't know, making it seem like just defense. And so the other general manager was... America's air travelers. Oh, but, or the the second one? Yeah. Describing defense as offense. Oh, okay, gotcha. I like the way you say America's air travelers. <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy. I think I mentioned this on the air. I got a buddy who's a private pilot, and his salary's doubled in the last couple of years. There's a serious pilot shortage of people that can fly, you know, uh, complicated planes. Man, it'd be a good thing. Uh, it takes a while to get... You know, trained up to where you can fly these things, but wouldn't be a bad career path if you're a younger person to start down that road because it's going to take everybody else just as long to uh, get trained up. I think those openings are going to be around for a while. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you're right. I was talking to a guy who's a, a longtime pilot. He's retired now, and, and somebody was joking with him about, hey, you could probably get whatever he asked. And he said, well, my number is still probably a little high to go back to work, but it's getting there. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't see what other options are there. If it, if it's a pilot shortage, how do you fix that? I I think you send a note to every retired pilot in America and say, "Hey, dude, how about you do uh, two routes a week?" Or I'm sorry, ma'am. Listen to me with my sexism. I apologize. Female pilot? I'm not, oh, getting, yeah. on, not getting on that plane. The- <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> So inappropriate. I apologize for that, ladies. Uh, well, yeah, I don't suppose there's any other choice. And But if they don't say yes, I mean, it, it takes a certain amount of time. It takes a lot of hours of flying lots of different kinds of planes where you can be flying one of those uh, jumbo jets commercially. And, and it takes a long time. There's no, there's, right. And so what are we going to do? Just to cancel thousands of flights per day for the next however many years it takes to train pilots? Yeah, well, I'm not talking about, you know, Joe Biden old guys and gals coming back into the cockpit, but sure, you've been retired for a couple of years, you're 65 or whatever. A guy gets on with the leather helmet and the goggles and with the (laughs) scarf around his neck. He's ready to go. Or all those guys who got sacked for being drunks. Right. Are they sober now? Call them. Right. Yeah. Or from, how drunk are you? I've known some drunks. (laughs) The legal limit for driving, eh, you can fly a plane. You're, you'll be okay. I'll take anybody here want to fly with guys a little tipsy. I put my hand in the air. I'm not staying another day in Dallas in a hotel. Right. I'll take my chances. It looks all right. 
Guy's done it a thousand times before he managed to drive to the airport. Who's in? It's mostly autopilot, right? So he's there in case something goes wrong. I'm all right. Swear to God, the co-pilot's sober. All right, who's getting on the plane? Somebody, somebody cook him up a pot of coffee and get him in there and let's get out of this airport. That's what I would say. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, or you could <laughs> sleep in the, in the uh, terminal for the next three nights. Please. <sighs> you ever spent a night in an airport? I've done it a couple of times. It's terrible. It is terrible. No, I, I don't think I have. The floors are, like, particularly hard, and, uh, and there are no seats where you can really spread out and get comfortable, and the lights are crazy bright. And just, it's a, it's a terrible place to try to sleep. And they shut everything down. There's nothing open, nothing, nothing, nothing. You can't get in, nothing. Uh, I, I spent all night long in LAX. I've spent all night long, maybe Denver. Ugh. I mean, cause if you're, yeah. you know, if you got family with you, you'd get a hotel. But I've been a dude by myself and thought, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend 250 bucks for six hours of crummy sleep. By the time I check in, I'll just sleep here. But, uh, it's not, it's not fun. People have yeah. been doing it all over the country for the last weekend. Some people are still at the airport. Uh, start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. It's bright and sunny uh, early today and late tonight as the longest day of the year. June 21st of the year 2022, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. As you know, I'm kind of a glasses one-twentieth empty guy, and it'll be getting emptier and emptier for the rest of the year. So I call this National Pessimism Day because mm. things will just get darker from here. Wow. Next thing you know, it's getting dark at 5 o'clock. Oh, please. So depressing. Anyway, uh, let's look on the bright side, at least for today, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Officially beginning at Mark. I just want to say thank you all. And as always, f- everybody else. I love you. all <laughs> The coarsening of America, our topic this this uh, day. That's a basketball player for the Golden State Warriors during their championship parade yesterday. Well-known testicle puncher Draymond Green, I believe. So the big announcement today is, as of Tuesday, is you can get your COVID-19 shot for your kid aged six months to five years. Every news story leaving out the fact that practically nobody's going to do it. I mentioned the poll yesterday. They were touting that one in five parents are eager to get their child a shot. Okay, that means four out of five parents aren't eager to get their child a shot. And I'm guessing of the one out of five that are eager, only, I don't know, the two-thirds of them get around actually doing it. So the percentage is going to be very low of kids who get this darn shot. On the other hand, I feel like I know more people with COVID right now than at any point in the pandemic. Maybe it's just where I live because that's the way COVID works. Have we all figured that out? It rolls through your area pretty much no matter what you do. It comes to your area, does its thing, and leaves. And it must be in my area now because I know more people with COVID than I think I've ever known in the last two years. Yeah, I'd say I'm just coming out of that period, so it's it's shifted a little bit, but it'll be back. And most of the people I know are pretty sick, which is really shocking to me, Yeah, given everything I'd read about the Omicron. Yeah, that's a little scary, honestly, including yeah. you know, people who've gotten multi-jabs. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to die, which, all, as always, is really... Every day when I get up, that's really my top priority. Uh, so that's good. But still, to get that ill at this point in the thing, what an insidious virus uh, that they let leak out of that damn Wuhan yeah. lab. Yeah, never forget Dr. that. Dr. Fauci. Never forget that. So You represent dishonesty is what you represent, you old coot. I represent science. So when the oh, you old coot... So when the alarm clock goes off, your first thought is just live till tonight. Live till yeah. you get back in bed. That's that's your that's your primary right. directive, right? Like an alcoholic says, uh, "I will not drink today." Mm-hmm. I get up and I say, "I will not die today." Wow, good for you! And I'm so a far, you, so far you've been quite <laughs> successful. 
Well, how, yeah. how does mailbag look, which is next? It's good. It has some really interesting theories on why there's such a worker shortage. The peeps oh, okay. are uh, weighing in on the, the complicated question. I want to hear that. And uh, luckily, we're talking to Mike Lyons, our favorite military expert later today. I want to know what's going on in Ukraine, why Germany and France aren't ponying up. Um, we've got our uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general's uh, doing a surprise visit to Ukraine today for some reason. But um, how bad is it going for Ukraine? Because I've been watching the news and it don't look good. Anyway, stick around for all that stuff. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So why did Stephen Colbert's staff get arrested at the Capitol for being there for trespassing? Still somewhat confused by this story. Is it as simple as it was just uh, they were doing a comedy bit and that's it? Yeah, essentially. Uh, they they didn't have a permit to film or whatever, and then they went back in after hours and tried to get away with it. That's what I heard. Hmm. Uh, I, I think, think Triumph, the insult to comic dog, is hilarious. I haven't oh, yeah. seen him for years. I do. Uh, I think given the recent history of people not being, uh, you know, supposed to be in that capital and being the capital, I'd be extra careful with that. But I'm sure it'll all turn out okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, the republic is probably just fine, not at risk. Uh, here's your freedom loving quote of the day. I'm gonna engage myself and do a couple. Um, first of all, H. L. Mencken, whose uh, portrait adorns my man cave said, most people want security in this world, not liberty. Mm, yeah, I would agree. And then Kate, and I don't know if it's Addie or Adie, she is a legendary BBC journalist who I was just reading about because I saw the quote from her and thought, hmm, who is this gal? Uh, serious, serious journalist, war correspondent uh, through the years for the BBC. Anyway, she said, I keep telling myself to calm down, to take less of an interest in things and to not get so excited. But I still care a lot about liberty, freedom of speech and expression and fairness in journalism. Hmm. Good for you, Kate. I want to know more about you. You seem like a tough old bird. Mailbag. Woo! All right. Free confession. I was uh, so intent on reading about Kate Addy and her career that I forgot to organize mailbag. I'm very close. Hang on. This. You organize it alphabetically every day, right? Uh, no, I just did. Uh, okay, there it is. Okay. Now I'm ready. Uh, JT writes An AG segment more important than any segment ever broadcast. I want to take a second to reiterate what a listener said about a particular segment from Friday's show, June 17th, hour one. It included what I would say is the most important and significant segment of A&G's storied history. Wow. Do we have a storied history? Okay, but go on. I dedicate this whole email to simply praising and drawing positive attention to the brilliance by both Joe and Jack. Uh, read the fact that both Trump and the entire Democratic progressive establishment failed to understand the importance of the office of the President of the United States of America. 
As Joe hypothesized, Trump failed and continues to fail to understand how his claims of a stolen election degrades the office of the president. And Jack pointed out that Pelosi et al., via their long years of Russian collusion hoax that they knew was a hoax, also failed to understand how they were hurting the office of the president and the federal government in general. I don't know how we claw our way back to putting the country ahead of party, but recognizing and identifying the problem is a good first step. Well done, gentlemen. Well done, JT. Thank you for the note. You're very kind. If for some reason you want to hear that segment, we have it at the website. It's a Armstrong and Getty Select Cuts podcast, which apparently is a thing. It is. Wow. Uh, or the Armstrong and Getty On Demand, June 17th, hour one. But uh, go to Select Cuts. It'll make it easier to find. Uh, on the topic of why <clears throat> we don't have enough workers. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Paolo. Oh, easy. During the pandemic, lots of people were forced out of their jobs. They had to figure out ways to get by without traditional employment, or at least their old traditional employment. Lots of them succeeded. Now they no longer want the employment they figured out how to live without. They're not counted in the unemployment figures. Wouldn't take a ton of people like that to cause a worker shortage. Okay. Uh, Ben writes, uh, it's the rapture. I think you're part right, but guys... (laughs) Yeah, Joe, Joe's theory, the worker shortage is the rapture. And those yes. of us still here are sinners. And all yes. the pure-hearted have uh, been taken. Yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not shocked by that outcome, sir, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we did work yesterday because we're hard-working men. Uh, ben says, I think you're part right, but it's the rapture of the junkies. They no longer have to spit in your food to buy drugs. They left all the relatives' basements and fast foods and table busing jobs for a cardboard palace, free food, and government-provided junkie starter kits in blue cities. It's no coincidence that no one can find workers. At the same time, a whole town of spun-out oath utterers shows up under your local overpass. They're not applying for jobs, not applying for unemployment. Not not applying for unemployment. To the statistic watchers, they just disappeared. There you go. You know, I'm beginning to think that, uh, as I've said many times, very, very few things are explained by one thing. I think both of those could be a factor. How about this? In terms of people uh, getting new jobs, you'd think everybody would move up a rung, and maybe the like the very bottom, worst, you know, toilet cleaning jobs or something like that might still be available. You'd think everybody, you know, the toilet guy moved up to fast food guy, fast food guy moved up to I work at Best Buy, Best Guy, you know, and then whoever moved up to being an airline pilot and then or a, a brain surgeon, and uh, and and you. <laughs> Putting putting aside the rather, uh, you know, sketchy hierarchy you've described, yes? Well, Paolo's point was that a lot of people have found alterna ways to get by that aren't traditional employment at all. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, and I don't know what percentage that uh, is or what percentage that explains, but it might be some of them. But wait, there are a couple more. Where have all the workers gone? They're home with sick kids. Uh, writes uh, Synonymous. I can tell you don't have little children in preschool or daycare anymore. COVID closures have intensified the viruses that small children are getting now. When a little kid is exposed to COVID, they're supposed to quarantine yeah. for 10 days, etc. I'm taking a long leave of absence soon from my job so I can stay home and take care of my kids, not have to worry about calling in sick every time one of them has yet another bad cold, pink eye, stomach flu, etc. Mm. Uh, you got to lie. A feeling there are lots of women in my position. <laughs> the only way around that one is to lie. If you admit your kid has uh, allergies or any, you know, COVID-like symptoms, which are all kinds of stuff, then you got then you got a mess on your hands. And then Clark says the issue is baby boomers finally retired. They kept working because there was no one to replace them. But then after COVID, they didn't want to go back. Plus, the baby boomers who would go back and work basic jobs to fill retirement, like Walmart greeters, have decided isn't safe to work anymore or not yet. 
All I know is we got twice as many openings as we got people looking for jobs, and it is a mess. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Over the weekend, President Biden was on a bike ride. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even need to do a joke. He's going for a bike ride near his beach house in Delaware when he took a little spill here. Uh, Poor Biden. Uh, Even his bike was like, I'm sorry, but I can no longer support you. Uh, 
I like the joke, it's Putin's gravity hike. <laughs> I also like this joke I just came across. It's <laughs> The headline is, the prophecy has been fulfilled. It's a 7-Eleven where the gas price is $7.11. <laughs> the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> you know, not to get off on a tangent, he says for the millionth time in our careers before going off on a tangent, uh, the uh, the fact that Jimmy Fallon set up the joke, uh, Joe Biden went on a bike ride this week, and, and the crowd just cracks up. Mm-hmm. Now, in one of those efforts to like get somebody canceled or end their career, ruin their career, the bitter, angry, humorless person would describe that laughter as listen to all those people laughing at the idea of an old man having a serious bicycle accident. When in fact they were laughing because they they thought oh for uh, there's a joke coming I heard about this I knew he was going to do a joke on they were laughing with delight. At the fact that he was going to make a joke at all. Mm-hmm. So just never, ever fall for that. Some angry person describing why people thought something was funny. <laughs> oh, I hate that. So dishonest. So uh, Gavin Newsom is the governor of Cal Unicornia. Uh, lovely fellow in, in many ways. Uh, we bit had of a an early fan. dinner. A uh, fan of the early dinner, really uh, earlier in life than most people opt for the early bird special. But uh, anyway, uh, I came across this piece in the Atlantic that was touting Gavi uh, as the 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 great uh, crusader for progressive rights in America, and maybe he ought to be the spokesman for the left and and eventually be president. That sort of thing. I will tell you before I dive into this, and I'll just read you a bit of it because there's a point to it uh, that I want to get to. Um, I think Gavin Newsom is a more handsome Scott Walker. You remember Scott Walker of Wisconsin? I was a talker for Walker early in the 2016 election cycle. Um, I thought he was an absolutely terrific presidential candidate. You know, he's a Republican, good conservative in a swing state, sensible, uh, fiscally responsible, the rest of it. But he just didn't have the chops for the national stage. And and people think Gavi does, but he doesn't. Not even close. If you live in California, you follow California politics, you know this already. He's just not sharp. He's handsome, so people assume he's sharp. But he runs unopposed in a state where a Republican can't possibly win. So he's never endured the crucible of really being tested. Right. Um, I'm, I've been fooled by that I don't know how many times throughout my life. People's, it's, it's weird to me that you can become a governor of Texas. Rick Perry was that way. Uh, you can become a governor of a big state, be, get a lot of attention, and then the national stage is just a level beyond you. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, the Atlantic says, uh, on May 4th, two days after Politico rocked Washington by revealing the draft of the Supreme Court decision, blah, 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 overturn abortion, California Governor Gavin Newsom delivered remarks at an L.A. Planned Parenthood office and triggered a small earthquake of his own. Uh. Newsom pledged that, however the court ruled, California would ensure legal access to abortion. But it was something else, he said, that really stood out. Republican-controlled states are moving not only to restrict or outlaw law abortion if the court allows it. And there's some truth to that in some Republican states. I mean, they're, they're rolling back some abortions. By the way, uh, that, but, uh, that ruling might be coming out uh, 20 minutes from now. As a round of Supreme Court decisions are coming out in 20 minutes. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I would guess they're going to roll out some uh, ho-hummers first, 
uh, warm up the audience with a, a newly signed band that you've never heard of before <laughs> they go to the headliner. But who knows? Right. Uh, anyway, so uh, got beyond abortion, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Republicans are also moving to ban books, restrict how teachers can talk about race, make voting more difficult, and target LGBTQ rights through measures like Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. In a sudden geyser of frustration, Newsom asked why Democrats at every level were not doing more to combat or even call attention to this sweeping offensive. And that's what I was talking about earlier in the show. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, like, trying to get teachers not to teach first graders that they're probably the other sex is the don't say gay bill. Or making voting more difficult um all we want is like to show you to show up and cast a ballot and not blanket america with millions of ballots with no accountability for where they go or who filled them out or or whatever that's making voting more difficult restricting how teachers can talk about race oh that's saying don't bring critical race theory and the whole uh anti-racism we need to disown whiteness thing into my third graders class please that's restricting how teachers can talk about race banning books well yeah books the teacher kindergartner again that they're probably a little boy even though they're a little girl uh yeah some of us do kind of want to restrict those books so it's interesting a couple of things number one thinking the lunkhead is going to be the great hero of the left and two describing defense against radical, blindingly fast change, especially in schools, as some sort of angry conservative offensive. Just strategically, rhetorically, I thought that was interesting. Having said that, a couple of lawsuits recently uh, in schools where the uh, administration said specifically, and the teachers' union said specifically, we are not teaching critical race theory. That's a college thing about the law. We're not teaching any of that. Well, through Freedom of Information Act suits, uh, they have finally gotten these uh, school districts to cough up their training materials, and they are absolutely, avowedly, specifically, critical race theory Anti-whiteness training, uh, anti-racism training, where you teach everybody about whiteness as property, uh, blah, 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 what is whiteness, um, the, 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 where's the, the really crazy stuff? Oh, yeah, that, that, uh, showing up on time, individualism, getting assignments done, these are all whiteness. This is being taught in school districts across America, dividing the kids by race and teaching them that you are, it's essential uh, uh, racism. You are your race and you are only your race. Yeah, so standing up against that is, I guess, technically, what was the phrase they used? Restricting how teachers can talk about race. That They're even teaching that at West Point right now. Wow. That just came out. Our military cadets are being schooled on whiteness. Whiteness is a standpoint or place from which white people look at themselves and the rest of society. A set of cultural practices, usually unmarked and unnamed. Uh, and it goes into the usual uh, stuff that, um, well, the stuff I just mentioned is whiteness as opposed to just universal how you get stuff doneness. That's wild. It's crazy. I'd it's say. crazy. And this stuff has come on like a hurricane in the last few years. So, yeah, we're trying to limit how people talk about race. If they're going to talk about race in such an incredibly racist way. Unbelievable. I have for you the stupidest poll I've seen in a while on this first day of summer. 
Americans who I've ask, seen many stupid, stupid polls, so... You're given a range of choices here to choose from, uh, like five choices. Americans think this summer in their area will be hotter than usual. About the same. Not sure. Cooler than usual. That's a stupid poll. That right is there. a stupid poll. Wow. What Which is polls? All of them. What, okay. What is that based okay. on? And then what What are you going to do with this information? And I just, I can't even, I can't, I can't wrap my head around why you would, hmm. Anyway, if you're wanting the answers. 44%. I'm not, but go ahead. 44%. I think I can probably stop you. 44% of people think it's going to be hotter than usual this summer. I'll be damned. 44%, you say. 42% say it's going to be about the same. Huh? <laughs> yes, Michael. That's about what I expected. About the same? Yeah. About 42%. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with summer. Probably probably about the same as last year. That's what I'm going to say. It's my answer. You know, if I had to answer in some sort of weird compulsory poll, I'd probably say warmer. Okay. Things seem warmer lately. I don't know. You're a climate change guy. Uh, 5% say cooler than usual. And then uh, 9%, I don't know. Which is, in this case, a perfectly reasonable answer. You know, I don't have any idea. How the hell would I know? And really nobody does know. And uh, It warbles up and down. It might be a little cooler. It might be a little hotter. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who's going to do what with that information. But speaking of climate change, just came across this piece in the Wall Street Journal that I thought was really good. I should hit the headlines of about how we rich countries force your poor countries who want to stop being poor countries. They want to figure a way to get out of the s-hole status that they're in. They want to be an emerging whatever. Um, we force them to go green, even though we, the rich countries, are not even close to green. I mean, we're not even close. Right. We burn coal, we use gas, that's how our economies flourish, but we force the little new countries trying to dig themselves out of est holdem to uh to, to, to go green and they can't survive. And it's really not cool. I mean it's the sort of thing that if you're a lefty you should really be bothered by, but uh yeah, so you got some of the details on that, among other things, on the way. So Greta Thunberg is standing astride the developing world, slapping them down as they try to feed their people. Stay down there and power your village on wind. We're going to use coal, but you use wind, and good luck with that. That's that's what we're doing, exactly. Among other things, on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. European countries returning to coal to decrease dependence on Russian oil. Sunday, Germany announced it would restart coal-fired plants, but insists it's committed to a greener future. Independence from fossil energies and from Russian fossil energies must be pushed forward at full speed. Well, that makes sense. Uh, that's got the whole Russia-Ukraine element to it. But uh, before I get to the rich world's climate hypocrisy, as pointed out by the Wall Street Journal, let me tell you this, coming up in a few seconds, fast food hamburgers ranked worst to best. We'll see if you agree with these mm. critics. And I like this one. The color of your car affects its resale value. Used cars have never been worth more money. But if you have the correct color, your car is worth even more. Also, Amazon Amazon drones coming to one town where they're going to test them out for the first time, and local residents are vowing to shoot them down. <laughs> perfect. Why is that perfect? Take that, modernity. <laughs> gotcha. You just hate you just hate uh, advancements in, in technology. We don't count in the drones around here. Exactly. I won't spend a lot of time on this because I kind of interested in the hamburger and color of your car thing as I talked about it, but. <laughs> This piece in the Wall Street Journal by a guy from uh, Hoover over at Stanford who studies climate and all that sort of thing, pointing out that the developed world, the rich countries, we are continuing to uh, use as much fossil energy as pretty much we ever have. Fossil fuels still provide more than three-fourths of wealthy countries' energies, while solar and wind deliver less than 3%. Let me tell you that. Of the wealthy countries on planet Earth, at least currently, solar and wind delivers 3% of the energy. Wow. Wow. 
But if you are a up and coming country that's trying to move out of, uh, you know, move into modernity, as Joe was just mocking, um, the uh, the world will only help you out if you go green. All these various organizations and world bodies and everything like that really forcing you to try to be solar or um, or wind powered or whatever, even though the technology is not there yet to make it work, punish you if you try to use fossil fuels. While we, the rich countries, continue to use fossil fuels pretty much exclusively, practically, uh, to uh, to to power ourselves, and yeah, I, I'd say there's some pretty significant hypocrisy going on there, and really sucks if you're some up and coming country. How come we can't use oil like the United States or Germany or France or all these other countries? Well, number one, we're using it all, so find something else. Find yeah, develop something else, you stupid little country. How dare you! Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Hey, can I steal like 30 seconds? Sure. We got this great email from Mikhail. Uh, I thought I'd share that on my way. Oh, the electrification myth, he says. Uh, share on that on my way into work today, I counted approximately 200 over-the-road semi-trucks during a 30-minute period. Granted, I was driving through two port cities, but it raises the question. How the blank are we going to provide enough electricity to charge an electrified semi-truck fleet? Much less add semi-truck charging stations in middle-of-nowhere North Dakota and uh, other stopover areas. If we can't even charge the meager 1% of passenger cars adequately during peak demand, we can't realistically push for total electrification by 2030. That's plain absurd. It is. It is absolutely absurd for most of the country. It's it will be a heavy lift for people who live in like northern california like i do where mm-hmm. you know you've got the right um when you got the right everything to make it work it's still going to be difficult but the rest of the country forget it note i haven't even mon- mentioned the multitudinous trains that carry shipping containers what about the multitudinous trains jack i agree with their multitudinity uh, what's the best color to have for a used car to hold on to its value? I think you'll be surprised. Yellow. No. Yep. Stop it. Yep. Yellow depreciates less than uh, any other car color. That's wrong. It's your best investment. I don't know. I see a yellow car. I think that's cool. Every time I see a yellow car, it doesn't matter what kind of car it is. I think yeah, that's pretty cool. Apparently, people like that, too. Hmm. Uh, then followed by um, uh, purple, green, blue, and gray. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> loud colors hold their value better than the other the the like the the kind of bland i wonder if that's just because they're rarer and there's a constituency for them as opposed to white cars are everywhere right. white or kind of silverish yeah exactly uh-huh. uh fast food hamburgers ranked worst to best by somebody um i don't agree with the best at all we don't need top 18 what do you want top five uh, sure, 10, oh, whatever. Top 10 real fast. Fat burger, which I haven't had, I don't think. Jack in the box, really. Steak and shake, pretty good burger. Wendy's, I love Wendy's burgers. I think Wendy's burgers, in terms of fast food, are really good. A&W Papa Burger. Fuddruckers at 5. I have not had the Fuddruckers burger. Culver's. Is that fast food? Don't you have to wait while they make it for you custom? My kids were know. asking about this the other day when we went to Red Robin. They said, is this fast food? And I said, it's not. not. It's a different category, but I don't remember that name. Yeah, yeah. What the Alex, heck is you that work name? in that world. You work at a Chili's, don't you? What, what do they call that kind of restaurant? I call it family dining. No, but there's a there's a tweener like yeah. uh, Five Guys, for instance. That's not fast food. It's uh, 
Now, nah, if you know, matter. text us 415-295-KFTC. I just call it gas money. And, it's, <laughs> and it seems unfair to compare, you know, we take our time making our food with the people that had been sitting under a heat lamp all day long. It's a different category. Different expectations when you walk in the door. Whataburger's three. Five guys is two. That's a good hamburger. Good burger. In and out, number one, regularly wins these sorts of things. And I like In and Out okay, but it, it's unique and delicious. It is not the best. So Amazon's been talking about this for a long time now, getting the zone drone delivery thing going, and they're going to try it in Lockford, California. Uh, many of the residents there uh, claim that they uh, don't like the idea and they're going to shoot down the drones. Now, this might just be man-on-the-street interviewing and it doesn't represent the town as a whole, but... (laughs) Delightful Delta Town, center part of the state. I still do not quite understand how this would work in practicality, the drone delivery. Well, you got a distribution center there at the edge of town, big old warehouse. Uh-huh. You got a pair of running shoes for Mrs. Jones. Instead of uh, throwing them on a truck where a guy drives uh, recklessly throughout town, uh, you, you just have the, Jones, uh, the, the drone go out to the Jones place. The Amazon Corporation said it started reaching out last week to locals within a four-mile radius of the site to find out who's interested in trying the program. Those who sign up will be able to choose from a selection of items under five pounds, so they'll only deliver stuff under five pounds. Something that weighs three pounds falling from the sky and landing on your head, though, would really, really hurt. Um, and it'll be stored in a nearby warehouse, as Joe guessed correctly. Just a genius of logistics, Joe Getty. That's where I would house wares. The drones, which are six and a half feet wide and four feet tall, Wolf. are supposed to drop the packages on a predetermined spot from a height of about four feet. That is a big-ass drone, six and a half feet by four feet. Boy, you walk into those blades, that'll change your day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. But we'll see how this works out. Maybe maybe there's something I don't get about it. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 